1: Welcome. This is Sound Only. I'm Justin Charity.
2: And I'm Michael Peters.
1: We're your Sound Only co-hosts, here to record our deepest, darkest thoughts about the popular anime series, Attack on Titan. Yeah! (laughs) Listen, this is not the Avatar episode where, you know, we were doing a sort of asymmetrical... Yeah, we were,
2: this is not going to be, it's not going to be honestly like I thought it was. When when you, because when you texted me that you were finally, you know, gonna, you know, give this, give the show a chance. I, I have I been thought the, watched. Yes, and you are, and you are honestly fucking with it, are you not? Listen. Okay. Let me right. let me get there okay. on my I'll, own I'll, terms. I am sorry. I didn't want to. I, I'm sorry. I sped us up. I, you please at your own pace. At your it's just
1: It's just here's the thing. I was hacked. I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> uh huh. I don't know what possessed me after all of these years, after all of these episodes of this podcast where I have just sort of snarked about this show after having years ago watched the first season and been like, eh, don't care about it. What possessed me to go back and be like, no. I'm gonna gonna give it a shot. I, I wanna know what this is about. I wanna get to the bottom of Attack on Titan. I wanna sort of disarm myself knowing that after a point, I'll be honest with you, I think I was just memeing. I think I was just leaning into the idea that, like, I didn't take to the show the first time around. And, you know, I'm a stubborn person. We and are I think all I God's got...
2: children. And <laughs> then he is, and he is working on every single one of us. And in your own time, you came around and watched the show. You know, it's, it's fine. That's like, it's, it's, you know, you're late, you're trash, but you're in the building.
1: Well, and I'll say this too of a lot of the people, a lot of the listeners who email us, I I feel like Attack on Titan is one of the most discussed things
2: (laughs) in listener emails of this show. It really, it really is. It really is. Um, Um,
1: And I respect our listeners and the fact that a lot of our listeners like the show, and it's it's just popular in general. There's just a point at which, you know, I think I had to look and say, I want to understand our listeners better. I want to understand Micah better. I want to understand the current state of anime, a medium that I've loved for my entire life. I want to understand it better.
0: A labor of love. yeah. Micah,
1: my, my just for our listeners who have not watched Attack on Titan, can you give the sort of briefest overview of the show? Okay.
2: Um, it's honestly a very simple premise that honestly sounds more and more Insane the longer that you try to explain it. So the briefest explanation of it is humanity is at the brink of destruction. Uh at the gates, or you know, at the walls are these giant, uh, mindless, man-eating, invulnerable, indestructible monsters called titans. That's the basic premise of it. Um, it's just like a survivalist horror fantasy show and the story of humanity living within the walls is told through an ensemble of you know your standard set of three childhood friends that want more out of life Uh, one of them is Aaron green-eyed brown-haired full of fire can't really do anything well but you know is always headed forward Armin uh, you know Small, sensitive, very smart, but kind of useless, you know, to start with. Um, And then there is Mikasa, who's, you know, the tallest of the three, has the best hands, and says the least. Um, That's the Tsundere character. And basically, like, it's, it proceeds through, I guess what you would characterize as pretty standard steps for, like, an anime, they see like the returning heroes but you know actually the different thing about attack on titan is that it's the scout regiment and they always return to the walls in failure they go out beyond the walls to basically see what's out there is there something new that we can learn about the titans to possibly defeat them and advance you know humanity outside of the walls possibly you know, even find some water somewhere. <laughs> like, you know, maybe maybe some beaches, other land, maybe other people. Who knows what's out there? But every time they leave, they come back with. They have to basically fully replenish their ranks because everyone dies. But Aaron doesn't care. He's like, I want to go. I, I, I want to join the Scout Regiment. I'm going. I'm, I'm going out there because I need to get the fuck out of here. Um, and. The series was created by uh, Hajime Isayama, who used to work at an internet cafe and base the Titans off of, like, mindless drunk people that would come in and, like eat food and like you know he just found them generally scary and kind of like horrific
1: that is tight that actually <laughs> explained i did not know that that explains yeah. <laughs> so much we will I mean, get like, into yeah, that because
2: if you're talking if we're talking about the expressions of the time they look like, like you know, drunk
1: people at a cafe oh my crazed, god i'm so
2: flared nostrils constantly like you know smiling and you have no idea what about and but I mean, like, completely devoid of genitalia. That's, a, that's another like, you know, and they burn really high, they have really high skin temperature. you know, drunk people. Uh, yes. But anyway, another part of this is that Isiyama used to live in this like uh, rural town of Oyama, uh, which was like the inspiration for... well, the place doesn't have a name for the first three seasons, but we come to find out later on that it's called Paradise Island um and it's like modeled a lot after his hometown because like it was there were rings of mountains that he would just imagine what was on the other side of him because it's boring as hell here at home
1: um you know this this background that you've given about the premise the inspiration will prove important as we get into the particular seasons but first I could you give us a little bit about your history watching this show like when did you get into it
2: okay so the thing about the show is that it's like not exactly catered to western audiences like there there are no cell phones like it's set in this weird sort of post colonial cobblestony european thing like they are like all the characters of mukoseki they have european last name mukoseki is like basically just like the stock whiteness of like anime like mm-hmm. basically a stand-in for anytime you see a white character they're you you assume that they're japanese but like you know these are just they're just white people and they have european last names yeah they, um, the
1: names really really sell yeah that they're uh, they're just very western they're very comically western sometimes yeah
2: and I mean, also, like, the story is just like such a bummer. Like, it's not like it's not, it's Isiyama himself is like surprised that it, you know, is as popular, became as popular or globally popular as it became. But I think the global popularity really began after the Tetsuo Araki produced anime, you know, started coming out in 2012. In 2013, it was on Netflix. Like the whole, like the whole first season of it was on Netflix, and I watched it in a single like almost in a single sitting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, like if you are listening to this podcast and uh you're gonna and you're gonna give Attack on Titan a try for the first time after this, do not sit it, do not try to watch it in a single sitting. give yourself some breaks. Um because <laughs> it is uh <laughs> It's a very brutal, like sad show, and yet, uh, yeah, like it's kind of like a addictive.
1: I I had a similar. Well, okay, here's the thing. The difference with me is that I didn't watch Attack on Titan season one until around the time I think that season two finally came out. Because wasn't it that mm. the deal was that it took forever for the studio to make? Yes, studio, it to took, like four uh, years.
2: Yeah. Well. Uh, Kodansha, I think was a publisher. Yeah, like it took them like four years in between the first and second seasons. Um,
1: And I remember when I watched Attack on Titan season one, it was around the same time that I was also watching Kabaneri and the Iron Fortress. And I think the mm -hmm. same studio did, I, I think it's Wit, right? I think one studio did those two shows. And I just remember at the time and it's sort of the basis for a lot of the shit I've talked about Attack on Titan uh, on episodes unrelated to Attack on Titan of this podcast, right? Where I I did the thing you're describing, right? I did the, I watched this all in one sitting thing. But unlike with you, I, because I did it like that, I just kind of felt, I don't know. I came out on the other end of that binge watching experience being like, I didn't, that didn't take. Um, yeah. And I I couldn't really at the time articulate what it was about the show. But I do, the main thing I remember about when I first tried to get on it is that it at least struck me as novel. Because I think for maybe a smooth decade, so like Attack on Titan season one comes out 2013. I feel like for a while, maybe not a whole decade, but certainly for a while, maybe 2007 through the, the premiere of Attack on Titan, you really didn't get a lot of big action anime hits, right? Outside of something like Dragon Ball, it feels like there was a drought for a while of anime, TV anime having the budgets, frankly, to do the kind of action that something like Attack on Titan or Kabaneri came along and was like, no, nah, we're doing this. We're going to do the big budget, you know, high stakes action you know, action sequence ass anime show. Right. And, and I mean, it,
2: like, but we gotta pause here to talk about like also the the tool for the action in this particular anime, like yeah, the omnidirectional yeah. maneuvering gear. Yeah. Makes do it, it so that like they're just kind of zipping around on like zip lines and they have like dual swords like to to fight these titans with. But it's like having like human Beyblade zipping around all over the place. And the and it looks amazing. It looks it looks incredible. Um I mean like the the I think you had just watched like the first um part of season three like the well the first part of the action sequence in season three where um this is there's there's a situation where there is a spy named uh, Reiner who's like hiding somewhere, and there's a contingent of the Scout Regiment like hanging, like they rappel down the walls, and they're tapping around looking for hollow spots with the swords, and it's like this really tense moment. Like there's it's silent, like there's no there's not really any music, and they're just kind of tapping around, tapping around, tapping around, and then. They finally found the hollow spot. And the guy, like one of the soldiers calls out, I found it. Reiner pops out, kills him. And then there's a sequence (laughs) where Levi comes snaking down the wall. Like Captain Levi, quote unquote, humanity's strongest soldier and the coldest character in the show comes zipping down the wall in like a like a serpentine line and stabs him through the neck.
1: Yeah. That and drop. Then through the that drop though. Yeah. Yeah.
2: The drop is the drop is so crazy. Like it's the it's but yes, like there's the mo like there are so many like big actiony moments like that just seem like expensive and crazy and outlandish, like that happen throughout the
1: show. Right. But I think at the time when I watched season one, I kind of thought it was a little gimmicky. And I also the main the main thing. I thought about a lot watching season one of Attack on Titan. Was actually Full Metal Alchemist, right? And that's mm. sort of what I mean when I say it, it felt like it had been a while since anime had really had a hit like Attack on Titan. Um, and I think a lot about Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood specifically, which is a show that, like, I love the original Full Metal Alchemist, and I hate Careful. Brotherhood. Ugh. And God, Brotherhood I has I just
2: don't understand that <laughs> it's just I, I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't mm-hmm. understand the hatred that you have for FMA Brotherhood.
1: Well, it's well the things that I hate are relevant to Attack on Titan because it's I think Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood has two things. One, it has much improved action animation over the original. Like I think it, I think character movement specifically in Brotherhood looks really nice. You know, yes. The animation uh, Yeah, I looks mean like really... it's it's
2: it's produced by bones. Like I it's like they do all the crazy Sakuga stuff. Like the character designs are like really crisp and the, the lines are really like defined and everybody does look amazing.
1: Right. Especially compared to the original Fullmetal Alchemist. But then the other thing I associate with Brotherhood compared to the original Fullmetal Alchemist is Brotherhood really triples down on wanting you to care about a bunch of geopolitical. Like, like it goes from like if the original Full Metal Alchemist is a character drama, it feels like Brotherhood is a political drama in a way that I think it's bad at being a political drama. And I, I felt like I saw hints in Attack on Titan of like, the show reminds me of Full Metal Alchemist, but it reminds me of the version of the show that I hate. And I think that's really what I was reacting to in the moment of watching season one of that show, How, like, I guess, back in 2017 or whatever. And, you know, I just sort of whipped on the first season. Now I will say, to be clear, as we go into the next segment, I've mm-hmm. watched through season three. I haven't watched any of season four yet. You have, right?
2: Yes. We I will have. talk about
1: season four. You will talk about season four toward the end, right?
2: Yes. Later, I will be commenting on the fourth, which is the final season of Attack on Titan, which is currently airing.
1: So for now, we will talk about the first three seasons. We both watched the first three seasons of Attack on Titan. Let's let's talk this out. Let's talk this out.
0: This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like...
1: Micah, how do we, we want to approach this? Because we're not going to just do a Wikipedia summary of every episode of this show.
2: Yeah, I don't think it really... We don't actually need to go beat by beat to talk about uh, the seasons of this show. But, I mean, the first season is more or less showing... Like, introducing you to, like, uh, this world showing you all the people in it and then whittling it down to like a core cast of characters that you're going to spend the, you know, the majority of your time with, which are the 104th, uh, cadet core, which is kind of like the same thing as, I don't know, uh, Naruto's class of, of getting that like, kind of like stayed together for 15 years somehow, or like the ensemble of, uh, you know, Yu Yu Hakusho, whatever you want to call, like you know, this is the group of characters that you're going on a road trip with. Um, and uh, the second season is kind of revealing, I guess, the underbelly of like uh, palace intrigue uh, beneath the, the uh, I, I guess, like the way that the the military is regimented, the way that the country is run. And then the third season is just like a straight-up political thriller.
1: <laughs> yeah. The way you just described that, I, I want to concede. There's a lot of stuff in season two that's that—season it, it, two is short, right? It's relatively—it's kind of surprisingly short. It's only like 12 episodes, right?
2: Right. It feels like a filler season because, like, the the, the group— Spends a lot of time moving between different castles and reading parchment by candlelight. Um, Yeah, they're
1: trapped. Uh, They're like trapped in the tower at that one point. They're in a tree. (laughs) It's just like a lot of. Yes, it's a lot of episodes where people ain't going. Yeah, so
2: (laughs) like I guess like because it feels like we're also talking around something, and anybody that is trying to follow will be a little bit frustrated. In the first season, you lay out that there is basically that this is a country that has a monarchy and, you know, a standing military that's divided into the scout regiment, which we already talked about, um, the garrison regiment, which basically repairs and patrols the walls, and the military police. Which you know already sounds sinister, but they guard the interior and control the flow of information. But you don't figure out that they control the flow of information until later on in the mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, That's how they get you.
2: Yeah. Uh, so season two is about like setting up that this isn't just like a simple humanity versus the monsters story. Um, was that, is that fair to say? I think yeah. It's like yes. Yeah, which is. Kind of boring because it's mostly expository. Well, it's also kind of boring because
1: Okay, the thing is season three also does that. Season three builds on a lot of what season two puts down. And it... I don't
2: you know, I don't even know why I
1: contain that to season two because like no, no, you, after I do
2: season know after season one, you really do have to start watching these episodes like multiple times in order to retain what's happening.
1: <laughs> right. And I and I wanna say, um I'm, I am I no one is more surprised than me at the fact that I might actually gush to somebody about attack on Titan because I think the second season in particular is unwatchable. I think it is <laughs> bad. I think the second season is horrible. And I think it it boils down to this. And it's funny because I, I, when I was reading back and I was trying to get a sense of, okay, what was the conversation around these seasons when they, they launched? You know, I let up, I read a lot of people who were talking about like, Oh, season, season two has been plagued by all these delays. And then it's only, you know, it's only however many episodes long. And when I watched season two, I was like, I wish this season were half as long. This is so slow. And Season two and season three are very different. Season two is definitely the most sort of... I think the way I described it to you, Micah, was if you took the concept of a bottle episode of television and you made an entire season of a TV show out of bottle episodes is what season two feels like. And I get that on some level what they're trying to do is they're putting the characters... In these really shitty defensive positions against the Titans, like they're trapped in the tower. There's one point where they're arguing and screaming at each other in a tree later in, in season two. Oh, that
2: I, episode it, sucks! <laughs> it's an like they spend in, the entire episode yelling at each other. It's all yelling and flashbacks in a tree. Like yes,
1: ugh. and it's I I get I get the tensions and dramas that are being set up in season two, but it. It's just that season two, even more than season one, right? I just had this feeling that really crystallized and really, really took me back to what I thought about Attack on Titan when I watched the first season, when it didn't take however many years ago. So when I, I I'm from Richmond, I'm from Virginia, right? And I used to work in Colonial Williamsburg. My grandparents worked there. You know, my grandfather worked on the premises. and. My um, my grandmother worked in one of the the concession stands at Colonial Williamsburg. My first job, age 15, I worked in a concession stand. I sold hot dogs and ice cream at Colonial Williamsburg. Have you been to Colonial Williamsburg, Micah? No, I can't say I have. So it's, it's what you would think. It's sort of, it's just, you know, historical, landmark, kind of boring. You just sort of, I don't know, it's a place you go to walk around. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's it's nature-y, it's not very interesting, you know. It's the kind of place that makes you want to move to DC for college. <laughs> <to Williamsburg. laughs> you know what right. I mean? And yeah. I just you watch season two of Attack on Titan, and you get that they're setting up the idea with this show. Humanity's at the brink of destruction. You know, this civilization, this, you know, the the Within the walls, you have these people who are really their humanity's last hope. They're the last line of defense against complete obliteration and extinction against the Titans, right? But all the episodes in season two are so insular and they happen. It's just like all the characters are in this tower. All the characters are in this tree. And you go long stretches without actually seeing any of the, people and in really seeing that many hints of like oh where is the civilization that we're actually defending here where is the actual life of this world and i just watching season 2 of attack on titan i i feel like you're just watching a bunch of people you're watching random people walk around colonial williamsburg talking about nonsense is what i felt like
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, like it is. Uh, like the scale. I guess does the work of illustrating the simple lives that people lead in the interior. You know, land of whatever this whatever this world is, but it's like not really a good pitch on like what these people are fighting for or about.
1: Uh, Right, because there's it just feels like they're so I. You're watching the characters almost in a vacuum for so much of season two. Mm-hmm. And that's what I always feared about the show is just that, that you, if everything, the way I used to make fun of this show is it looks beige. Everything just looks beige and rural. Right. And to me, the question for a show like this, when it's not, when something's not just a pure character drama and you can invest in characters just for their own sake, just because you think, oh, this, this is a compelling character. Right. If a show is selling itself as, this is life or death for mankind. To me, I have to be able to answer the question, okay, if you kill all these characters on screen, then what? And I could never do that watching season two. I was just sort of like, I don't know if you killed all these... If the Titans killed all these characters, I don't know that anything would really be that different for humanity in general, because I don't even well, see any like, people. It's
2: it's it's like, it can't really be... So much of a character trauma because, like, none of the characters are that likable. Like, it's that is also Sasha's like an important like-able. function. Of the tra- hmm? Oh yeah, it, well, Sasha's Sasha's likable. Sasha's likable. You- uh, <laughs> hey boo, legend. Yeah, the 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 legend, Sasha, <laughs> who's standing in the first lineup, stole a steamed potato <laughs> out of the rations <laughs> as she passed the kitchen. And when the drill sergeant noticed her eating it, offered her half of the potato, but the smaller half. Legend, legend. (laughs) Um, Um, But yeah, I mean, like, like our main cast of characters, though, like Aaron, Armin, Mikasa, like you can find reasons to think that they're cool, but I mean, like, you don't want to spend a whole lot of time with any of them. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, and
1: and I don't want to though. Like, I know I just that was a that was several consecutive minutes of me shitting on the second season. But I think an, a side effect of me not really liking the scale of season two is I spent a lot of time while I was watching season two, just looking at the Titans. Right. And I think you did a good job of explaining them before, but the Titans really, I think 50% of the appeal of the show to me at this point is how they're designed. They look weird. They're humanoid on the one hand. They're humanoid if you stripped away the skin and you're looking at, like, the muscle tissue, right? They're humanoid, but they also have their faces. They have weird proportions, but their faces have these dumbstruck expressions. Like you said, they look like drunk people. And specifically the thing that always bugs me out about the Titans is that 70% of them always look like they just got a really fucked up haircut. You know what I mean? That's like the scariest you know, thing about them is they yeah. got they got them bowl mm-hmm. cuts and you're just mm-hmm. like mm, That's absolutely is.
2: right. I mean like it's that and it really is just kind of like the expressions on the like the intensity of the expressions on their faces. Um and also like the awkwardness of their movement. There's yeah. there's there are Basically, because like humanity's information about Titans is so limited, they can categorize them at the beginning only into two categories. There are like the regular pure Titans, like the ones that you think of, like the picture next to Titan in the uh, Paradise Encyclopedia. And then there are abnormals or irregulars. I can't, I I don't actually, abnormal, 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 uh, that basically those are the ones that move weird. Like it's just such it's just like they have no information on like what these things are, where they came from, uh what other kinds of powers they have. Apparently they can regenerate if you chop like if if you chop off anything but the head, and even if you chop off the head and don't get specifically the nape of the neck. Yeah,
1: the nape of the neck, right.
2: Um they can grow it back if you know like as 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 long as there's sunlight which they need to move around because at night they have to stay still and they do something like sleeping. They sleep like birds, I guess. Um, And it's just kind of, they represent the unknown in a very grotesque way.
1: They do. And because I was just not drawn to that much of the character development in season two, I just I don't know, I really was fixated on the Titans. I really did just sort of spend entire episodes where I just characters would be talking, and I would just be thinking back to why do their faces look like that? <laughs> you know it's
2: also why? you know you know what it is is like it also like the very beginning of season two uh like the 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 premiere episode ends with like somebody like getting gruesomely slowly eaten by Mm -hmm. like a handful of Titans. And I thought about it for days afterwards because it's so horrible. Like the screaming, the crunching sounds, like the sound design of it is gross. Like, yeah, I think that like the, like the Titans are, really, you know, that's another thing. yeah, I guess that that is a, a big part of season 2 is like kind of fleshing out like really what the threat is.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing in the roundabout way even though I I could shit on season 2 all day, the show really does use that opportunity to cultivate the enigma. Right? I really did by the end of season 2 have this sense of Yo, somebody needs to explain to me why these things exist, and what the end game is, and just th- there's a mystery here, right? You know that there is just some fucked up mystery behind all this, right? Right. And I think season two does a really good job with that hook of mm-hmm. I need to know why their faces look like that. Explain <laughs> it. Just explain it to me.
2: <laughs> you know. Um, and uh, season three. Uh, reveals the reason to be royal, blood, uh, like you know, kind of. Uh,
1: it's not God, that complicated because it's, it's just the plot of Final Fantasy X. I will say, but explain, <laughs> you explain it in the show's own terms, and I will no, tell you no, how oh, no, it's no, really no, no, just no. the plot. I, of Final like okay, Fantasy X.
2: so oh, here we it's go.
1: Yevon summon Sin to protect Xanarken. No, go ahead, explain it. I'm sorry, that's a, that's a <laughs>
2: The people that we've been spending all this time with, we come to realize, are called Eldians. And they have ancient blood power that allows them to turn into titans. So the things that they have been killing, you come to find out at the end of season three, are other Eldians that had been sent uh, in exile from a country in a faraway land called Marley where Eldians are kind of like strewn across internment zones and ghettoized, much like, you know, the I mean, Paradise is actually one giant prison colony. Um, so, you know, that's a thing that happened. Uh, how that happened is that there was a king named King Fritz. Who, after losing the war with Marley, retreated to the island of Paradise and he had the Founding Titan, and with the Founding Titan, uh, used it to wipe the minds of his people and uh, indoctrinate some sort of generational curse that, you know, like makes them refuse to fight and stay on the island. It is like such mumbo jumbo.
1: Um, I, I really I'm not going to belabor the point that this is literally the plot to Final Fantasy X, but real heads know that this is the plot to Final Fantasy X. Zanarkin versus Bavel, Yu Yevon, summon sin as the last gasp. But anyway, we, we don't have to get into that. I just want to point out, though, that season three is where I is where my defense collapsed. and I was like, this show is tight because i think it takes such a different approach from the first two seasons but especially season 2 i all of a sudden in season 3 the life within the walls right just the sense of th- this is a civilization is much more clear
2: it You know what it, like, I, I, I'm i glad you said that because in the first season, it feels like, you know, it's kind of like a child's view of what parodies is. This is home. This is, I, you know, pick fights with other kids at school and I steal apples off of the fruit carts at in, in the market and I go home and I, you know, shirk off my chores and ignore my mom, you know, but when you come back to Paradis and or you know the 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 people with the life within the walls in season three, it's like darker and more paranoid. And you can kind of see that there's like an invisible hand moving things around. Yeah,
1: yep, yep.
2: Yeah. Yes. And yeah, it's like season three is like the best season of the show.
1: I don't know. Season two does so much setup for the social and political tensions, but it does it in such a dry almost Wikipedia level way. And mm-hmm. then in season three, you feel like, okay, I'm in a real city, right? Like I'm in a real place with real people, real crowds doing real shit, you know, people running errands in the middle of the day and the town square and all that. Like it, I don't know the setting, the setting for the show just did not feel real to me until season three. And then in season three, it just feels very real. It feels very much like I get why I'm supposed to be invested in defending Life for everybody within the walls. I get yeah. it. I,
2: it's three. like there's it. Season three deepens the history of like, of deepens the history of the place and also, you know, reveals that there is even a criminal underbelly for Kenny the Ripper to emerge from and like, you know, take a contract with the military police to, you know, kill the remaining members of the scout regiment. There's kind of you figure out a little bit about where Captain Levi comes from. Still don't really know why he's uh, you know, so strong or so fast, but you know, you kind of know why he's so good with a knife now.
1: Wait, can we actually I we need okay, there's a bit of dissonance that we need to address, especially before we get into the next part of the second mm-hmm. part of this season. Can we talk about Aaron real quick? Because Aaron has this weird dissonance where he is annoying <laughs> and kind of like <laughs> not a great he sucks he (laughs) sucks but then his abs though he does not talk like a guy who has the abs that he has is the problem with that guy
2: well it's just that like he's got he's well i mean he's just he's got the standard you know anime protagonist body it's just but the thing is is that he kind of has to continually find reasons to like to fight, and as those reasons reveal themselves to be not but ash, you know, he has <laughs> full mental breakdowns.
1: Yeah, but that's the thing. It's it's like if Shinji Akari had abs. Every time he sort of breaks down sobbing, you just want a character to be like, "Do you see your abs? Why are you worried? Why are you worried about this fight?" You have the hardest abs in this entire show. You have harder <laughs> abs than most of the Titans. I don't see what the problem is. But the the thing about like
2: Aaron is, is that because he's so horrible and so immature and so, you know, whiny about everything, <laughs> is that like you get to see him kind of progress and become like slightly less childish as it goes on. <laughs> um and to i mean because he's so emotional and flails all over the place you get to see how the world and his mission changes him in like very like pronounced ways that yeah i mean like are annoying pretty often
1: he's like if wallace didn't die on the wire that's kind of how i would put it he has that and again, Michael B. Jordan also. No, has I mean, like, like, honestly,
2: that. it is like if Wallace became Killmonger in, yeah, his, in, in, in the Wire universe. That is that is basically what happens with, with Aaron.
1: Killmonger Wallace confirmed. That's <laughs> it. No, you're right. That's it. If they were canonically the same character, if Wallace if from the they Wire. Were
2: canonically the same character, and imagine Wallace survived. And bought the whole hood and was like, let's go kill the world now. That is Aaron. <laughs> because I haven't dealt with all of my childhood trauma. That's Aaron.
1: Yes. I feel like this brings us to talk about the second half of season three, which is, this is the part where, we listen, we all know the meme, the the cosmic brain meme and to me season 1 you know i think the seasons of this show kind of progress like that meme and you get to the second half of season 3 of attack on titan and that's where i'm like this might be some of the best anime of the past <laughs> decade is this particular <laughs> like season because the the battle at wall maria is oh my god the 10 episode is- stretch of the battle at wall maria is it tight. is I have no like, reservations ten, ten would watch again. It's just all
2: rise. like it is like a dirt bike going into the back of a cube truck going into the back of a cargo plane, which then, you know, people parachute out of it into a space shuttle that then goes to space and explodes. That's how exciting that 10 10 episode stretches.
1: And it's not just exciting in the sense of it's really good action. It's really good human on Titan action. It's that it's very thoughtful. It's very strategic, right? The reason why it spans 10 episodes is because this is a military campaign, right? This is a real battle it has real phases and it's, it it was an operation
2: it. that was organized around like a round table there are books of paper dedicated to it and they're just like yes it's, it it is an it's like a full on like it's a battle like it's the battle of whatever like you can see this thing being staged as if it's already being put in the pages of history books
1: you know what it is it's what fucking game of thrones wishes it was is you, what Game of Thrones wishes it had been. Is what the second half of season three of Attack on Titan is. You know it. You know all the battles I, toward the end of Game of Thrones. They did not even come close to what Attack on Titan pulls off. Honestly,
2: he, that is honestly that's a great point that you're making because, like, all the complaints that you have about the the the, the long night episode you know, not being bright enough, the frame rates being whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe somehow you were disappointed by Arya stabbing the Night King uh, without him really doing... He didn't say anything or do much, you know? Maybe that was an unfitting and unjust end for you. Um, Watch Captain Levi, and the Beast Titan. Just, just... Oh. I mean, it is one of those sequences that Makes me wonder. I, I mean, like that. It's one of those sequences that you understand fully. This is recency bias, but it's the best thing you've ever seen up to that
1: <laughs> point. It is. It is. It totally is.
2: Like, cause the, I mean, the like because again, like Casablanca is just so fucking cold, man. He's like because he zips down, like rips the guy out of the nape of the Beast Titan and sticks his sword in his mouth and says, what happened to all that fun you were having?
1: (laughs) And it's everybody... I think it's also that, you know, you described the thing, the anime thing, right? Where everybody is doing a bit. Every character in an anime is doing a bit. Mm -hmm. And I think that the second half of season three of Attack on Titan does a really good job of making everyone's bit count. Because mostly watching this show, I just roll my eyes at Armin's whack-ass bowl cut. <laughs> and, and yet, uh, Armin even is so cold <laughs> in the battle at Walmaria. You know what I the mean? Gla- how do
2: your glasses stay on the top of your shit?
1: It's I- like, it's like, it's
2: very... <laughs> Even the teacher was dying. No, but like it's it's our our, our, our mean like it's like it's like yes, that's exactly right. He's finally useful. Like, um, you finally get to like I mean, there is just that's exactly right. It really does, it pays off on everybody's bits. Um and again, just gives like Levi like the shredding a solo. (laughs) Um Everybody's amazing. Even the sequence where like the like during the, the the suicide charge that that makes it possible for Levi to even kill the beast titan.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: The sequence where it's like what goes through a soldier's mind right before they die when they know that they're going to their death and it's just kind of like time slows down and the guy starts thinking about the the only relationship he really has. Marlo, it's Marlo and Hitch and He's mm-hmm. just like I wonder what Hitch is doing. She's probably sleeping in. I bet she would have told me that this is stupid. It's just like, and then and then he dies. <laughs> it's just like that's it. It's like really sad and touching, but also kind of brilliant.
1: Yeah, yeah. You said, by the way, because when you said Levi with the shredding is solo, it makes me think about something I don't want to miss out on t- talking about this show, which is the music and sound. Oh, yeah. I think that's the other thing about season two. Because again, a f- like, technically, I hated season two, but because I just wasn't, I felt that the character development in that season is so bad, I thought about other things. So I thought, like I said before, I thought a lot about the Titan designs. I thought about the sort of enigma of the Titans. But the other thing I thought about is just the music and how it, there's something about sound and Attack on Titan that feels so. Off beat in a way like it doesn't have the music and the sound design that you would expect that kind of show to have it gets really modern and it has like electronic and rock tinges to it that always they're really good. And they're really disarming
2: because you Yeah, but can, then like it's just kind of like in the middle of an action sequence, you hear like you suddenly hear rapping and you're like yeah, yes, where, it yes. like where did this come from?
1: Yeah, because you're but the charge you're talking about in season three, the charge yes. on the beast titan. And, and elsewhere and you just hear rapping. it's like
2: it's elsewhere it's like swelling orchestral, like choral music. Right. Um, and then you know, then it gets yeah, then it gets like techno-y, and then it's I, there's a point at where there's like dubstep. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. It should season two is where I first noticed it because there's so much, especially because again, how limited the the settings are in any given episode, and just sort of the aesthetic of Attack on Titan. It is the kind of show that you would expect it to be a hundred percent just or generic orchestral choral anime music. Yeah,
2: but yeah, it's the, not. the thing is, and honestly, the music of season four has been my favorite, like of all the seasons so far, just for this like. This one part of the score that plays during extended action sequences of the fourth season that sounds like uh um that one muse song from uh the Watchman trailer. What was it? I can't even remember. But it's like And it's like he's like there'll be like a Titan throwing an armored, like swinging an armored truck like a nunchuck or something. Or like it's just they're crazy huge, like bombastic. Sequences in season four that are set to this like one this one part of the score that like I need to find what it is because it's so amazing, um, but yeah, the music, the sound design, really good.
1: We can we can get into season four next. I'll say real quick, Micah, before you get into season four, I just to kind of summarize my wild ride with this show so far. I think I just I didn't know that I could like this kind of show at my big age. You know, I think that's what originally when I went into season one of attack on Titan a few years ago, maybe that's what it was. I just looked at it and I was like, this is the kind of action anime series that used to get made a lot that I'm probably just tired of watching. I, you know, I can look at the trailer. I probably all, I know all the plot beats, you know, I think I was just a little too jaded. (laughs) And cynical and condescending going into it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I guess I just assume that the main and only thing the show had going for it is that, okay, you know, they have this gear that lets them zip around, they have a kind of action gimmick to them, but otherwise, this is probably just going to be, you know, some brain dead, shouty, melodramatic shounen anime thing. And it is, but that's good.
2: <laughs> it is. It absolutely is. It absolutely is. But it's good because, because it's just considered enough. It's shouty and it's like melodramatic, but also the show is like painfully aware of the fact that pressure doesn't make diamonds. It just makes whatever's on the inside come out. Um, yeah, yeah. Everybody's fucking mess. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, like and it's like none of the soldiers get heroic deaths. They just die. You know. Um, even Levi like humanity's strongest soldier nearly dies in the second season because he twists his ankle like in the middle of trying to kill a titan like it's the the show knows like how things like that could or is aware like that things like that could happen in whatever this world is and like people won't survive necessarily because we spent however much time with them or because we like them you know
1: the fact that there's this, this moral ambiguity, right, and just the, a general senselessness to all the violence and attack on Titan, I think that's the thing that makes this show feel just mature enough, you know? Because um, mm-hmm. even when I think back to something like Full Metal Alchemist, right, like, you know, Ed and Alphonse are good, right? You know, really right. is Right, you know good. that
2: they're, like... That they're doing the right thing, and only occasionally is it revealed that you know maybe you might not be on the right side of things, and like, it's
1: because you're being misled,
2: yes, right, not because you were not because this is indicative of something dormant within you, um or right. you know like it's not like uh, indicative of your character, um
1: right, but um. There is a cheesiness, though, to a show like that, like FMA, both to the morality of it, I guess, in terms of the larger sort of political conflict, and you couple that with something like the comedic beats of Full Metal Alchemist, and that's a show where I think that's a show where I'm more comfortable saying, yeah, that's that's a that's an that's an action show for kids. It's like it's kind of kiddie. Mm-hmm. Full Metal Alchemist is kind of kiddie, mm-hmm. and I know, you know. I don't think there's necessarily any age difference between the kind of person who watched Full Metal Alchemist and the kind of person who watches Attack on Titan. And yet I do think that because Attack on Titan kind of refuses to have that that FMA style black and white or even that that kind of Star Wars thing, right? The kind of the Jedi are good and the Sith are bad and this is a very clear moral dichotomy, right? Mm -hmm. Because Attack on Titan is just so senseless and you're just watching these senseless Titans with these very bewildering facial expressions just bite a guy from his hip on down just bite his torso off and all of the allegiances all of the factions are so muddled everything is just sort of politically chaotic and I I think that's maybe I don't know to me that's the defining quality of watching the show is that right? I think everything it's like just, you can is, watch
2: it and come away not really knowing who the enemy is. Yeah. Like, yes.
1: Yes. Um, There's a real fog of war to the show.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It could be the enemies that lie overseas. The enemies that are already in our own house. Like it could be yourself. Like it's the 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 show considers all of those.
1: Um, yeah, and it doesn't. But this is what I mean by the mature thing. It considers all of those. But not in a way where the show is trying to be like, yeah, we consider yeah, all yeah, those because this, is, right. this yeah, is deep. It's deep It's though. more oh, so actually- like
2: it It puts the characters in situations like, say for instance, in season three, where there's that one episode where, where you know, it comes to light that the military police is after the remaining, dreg- the last dregs of the scout regiment and Levi. Mm-hmm. Like there's a long sequence where it's like, it flashes back to one conversation between Levi and Mikasa where he's just kind of like, tell the rest of the recruits that from now on we'll probably be fighting humans as well as Titans. And the next couple of episodes is like them getting over like killing for the first time. Yeah. And then there's like a conversation around the, around uh, like a grease fire where they're all hiding out. And Jean, one of the, one of the, one hundred four Cadet Corps is just kind of like, um, I'm sorry, like I couldn't kill this one person, and I have made us fail the mission because I wasn't strong enough. And like then one of the other characters that had to save him by killing that person is just kind of like, I really don't know. I mean, like, is this just who I am? Am I a bad person? And like Levi, <laughs> I like I love I love this character because he's like, um. You know, not anywhere near as cold as he... Like, not anywhere near as callous as he thinks he is, but also, like, pretty callous. (laughs) He's just kind of like, listen, Armin, uh, quit revealing. There's blood on your hands. Embrace the new you. (laughs) You kill people now. And, like, Jean is just like, you know, I don't know whether or not you did the right thing. Were you right to let him live? Were you... Uh, i mean like were you wrong to jeopardize the mission i can't really answer that for you and then it's the next scene nobody ever tries to answer those questions
1: yeah i like amir for the for similar reason right this sort of a character who has to pretend to be over it and too good for it but can't fully do that and but yeah otherwise has to kind of you know, sort of confront other characters with questions that they can't answer and are never really going to get great answers to. Yeah. um, and, and In terms of their own capacity for whatever. Right?
2: Yeah, because they're asking those questions for themselves.
1: Right. So tell me what I have to look forward to in season four, the final season currently. Right. Running.
2: So you've already gotten, you know, into the lore of like the 13... 13- Uh, The Mm -hmm. special Titans, the, you know, Marley, the Eldian Empire, so on and so forth. Um, So season four begins in Marley, basically kind of setting the table for what is even over there. Because at the end of season three, you know, there's that sequence where Aaron goes, I thought that on the other side of the uh, on the other side of the sea was freedom. But on the other side of the sea is enemies. If we kill them, will we finally be free? These are the enemies on the other side of the sea. And you're introduced to, you know, another group of cadets, like Eldian, uh, uh, soldiers in the Eldian unit of the, of the Marlian army, which are basically cannon fodder. Um, and, or otherwise uh, used to, I, I mean, for the abdication of, you know, the 13 Titans, the 13 special Titans. So there's the attack Titan, which is the one that Aaron has? There's the armored Titan, which is the one that Reiner has. Colossal Titan, which you now know at the end of season three, Armin has. Um, the female Titan, Annie, which is frozen and underneath somewhere in the keep in the walls somewhere. The Jaw Titan, which is Amir's. Um, the Beast Titan, the Warhammer Titan. And I've, you know, I could, I, I'm, sh- I'm not even like counting anymore. But like, you basically get to meet all of these
1: things, right. and you get the, the you Nissan get, get Titan, to them, the Honda, yeah, the Titan, right, Honda yeah, Titan, right.
2: you know, the Haynes Tagless T Titan, right,
1: exactly. um, the Mini Titan, right. yeah, 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 uh,
2: but. You, uh, the 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 first couple of episodes illustrates how the Marleyan military works, uh, how the Titan unit works within the Marleyan military, um, and then, you know, there is, I don't know, how much of this do you want to know? Should I should I just keep going? Should I keep explaining what's happening in season four, or should I just say, what are you that- most
1: intrigued to sort of? I don't know what's 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 got you. The most into season four, because I feel like the seasons are. Di- is, is this another case where? Because you know, with the I think the the first three seasons are so different from each other that I guess I just don't know what to expect from season four.
2: So season four is just kind of like the big exploding conclusion, where, I mean, like we are just really further driving home the point that no one is in the right and uh, cycles of violence and violently, but. In order to do that, we are on like Marley and soil, basically watching the reverse of the first season, but now Aaron is responsible for it. Um, and there are a lot of like, you know, moral considerations around what that means. And I wouldn't say that like there's anything that I'm specifically excited about in season four, so much as like my viewing of it as compulsory because I need to know how they're gonna like land the plane. I was so lost at the beginning of season four and i hadn't like read the i hadn't read the manga like that i just went back and specifically found the manga for the gap between <laughs> between or you know the f- between season 3 and season 4 um to see if there was one to see if i could kind of like figure out why there was such a time jump but yeah um i think i just need to go back and read the manga from the beginning uh season 4 though is just kind of like just really you know better more expensive and involved executions of like similar things conveying the same messages that they have been saying for like the earlier the the, the past three seasons of like you know no one is right war the dire the, there's dire cost of civilization when understanding breaks down etc um Look, I'm
1: just here for the Titans, <laughs> and I really. The, so, when, do you want to
2: know like how they? So the thing, okay, what you? That's need the to thing is like Afro- the Titans. You, it's like,
1: why would you create these things? You know what I mean? That to me, need, the driving question is that: is why would somebody create? Why? Why is this? Why? Why are we <laughs> cursed with these things roaming the landscape with those stupid <laughs> facial expressions?
2: Yes, they are. That you. You will figure. You will figure out you are going to learn about pure titans, eldian blood, royal blood, titan warfare. You will get to see um like i guess the inner workings of it because you've kind of already seen it and because that was what uh, the battle of volaria was. Yeah. Like the big explosions in the distance where the beast titans just kind of like roaring and turns. That's what titan warfare is, but you get to see like how the barley military organizes it and how they carry it out. Um, you do, and yeah, you do get to learn like where the titans come from, why the people, why the world is so pissed at the Eldians, um, why these people turned into titans, what the deal is. Although you get like some of that, um, from Amir's story.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, but it's just that that's the stuff that I think is the most rich about the show. Is the and again the enigma for me is so rooted in the season that I liked the least, which is season two. But I I really do think that that season, in its roundabout way, sold me on the idea that the Titans are interesting. (laughs) And I want to know more about them. And I don't know, you know? Like I said, going into this series, I was just afraid it was going to be the classic anime thing. Uh, I joke about this with, with Alison Herman, right? TV critic Alison Herman at The Ringer of the idea of shows where if you, you know, I'm too deep into anime, Allison's too deep into TV, people on either side of that, right? When you've decided that you're into serialized thing, you say things to people like, oh no, this thing is good. You just have to watch the first 30 episodes of it. And then it gets really good. And I was Mm -hmm. worried that attack on Titan would be that, right? Where you're kind of being sold, like just watch the first 30 episodes of this thing. And then it gets good. (laughs) And Honestly, that's kind of true About Attack on Titan But I have no regrets <laughs> And so I'm, wow. here, I'm here To watch it through the end I have no regrets uh, That said, I'm gonna need a cool down Before I go back to watch Avatar The Last Airbender I should have done that first But I don't know, Attack on Titan I just got around to Attack on Titan Before I got around to I've watched like the first five episodes of Avatar But I haven't gone back to that show I promise to do that next. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's safe to say, though, that I, you know, I learned a lesson. Wow. I don't know what that lesson is, but I learned it. I'm so
2: proud of you. Wow. That's that's, that's incredible. Open-mindedness. It's, it's, you know what we call that? Growth.
1: Growth. Growth. (sighs) Listeners, you know what? Feel free this week. To email us about attack on Titan. Not you know? just email Micah and say, sorry, Justin. I know you know email, <laughs> email both us. Of us. Email us about Attack On Titan. Collectively about Attack on, just, on Titan. Justin
2: Charity is now invested. Pod
1: um, at soundonlypod at gmail.com. All of your attack on Titan questions. I'm Justin Charity. And I'm Micah Peters. Shouts out to our producer. Erica Cervantes. We will see y'all next week.